You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. The one who confesses and forsakes will find mercy. Oh, the mercy of God that awaited David's confessing and repenting and forsaking. But instead, he ties the hands of God's forgiveness with the ropes of his unrepentant heart. David concealed his sin, which caused tragic consequences. Many lives were affected and lost because of his lies. Pastor J.D. will share today this story that goes from bad to worse. David murdered to cover his adultery. You know, sin breeds sin. He had many chances to confess it all and stop the snowball of mistakes, but he didn't. The more you sin, the more you sin. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 51 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Turn in your Bibles to Psalm 51, just this one psalm tonight. So, like many of you, I, I know you're familiar with this psalm, Psalm 51, and I think you understand why it is that I only want to uh, take just this one psalm tonight, actually when we got to Psalm 50. I didn't want to rush through Psalm 51, so I saved it for when I got back. For those familiar with this well-known psalm, you know it's a very powerful psalm. And you kind of get the sense that you're standing in this long line with saints of old over the generations that have been so blessed and ministered to by this psalm about brokenness and repentance. It's a psalm from David. It's a psalm about David. It's a very honest psalm. (laughs) And David has finally come to this place of repentance, brokenness, contrition, after his sin of both adultery and then subsequently murder, both of which carried with it a death sentence under the law at the time. And David knew it. The sin of adultery and certainly the sin of murder were punishable by death. And David has committed both. I'm hoping you'll kindly indulge me For just a little bit of time, I want to provide a bit of the backstory before we get into this psalm, because I think it's going to be germane and very helpful to our understanding of that which David pens in this psalm. We actually have a detailed account of this in 2 Samuel 12, for those of you who were with us during our study in the life of David in First and Second Samuel. I want us to kind of get reacquainted with the narrative 
in order to better understand this Psalm 51. It all started when David made the foolish, and I'll add catastrophic decision to remain in Jerusalem instead of going to battle as kings would often do in the spring. They would actually wait until the winter was over and then in the spring they would launch their battles and their attacks. And such was the case at this time, only this time, David made this fateful decision, again this foolish decision, to stay and not go into battle. That in and of itself speaks to a very important principle. We're in a battlefield. (laughs) This is a battleground, it's not a playground. And David's first mistake was that he didn't engage in battle as he should have. Rather, he sort of stayed behind and, as it's been said, rested on his laurels, as it were. Well, on one particular evening, David happens to see this very beautiful woman close in proximity to his palace, and she's bathing on the roof as was the custom in that day. In spite of the warnings from David's men, he sends for her, he lies with her, and it almost seems like he's going to get away with it. She returns home under the dark cover of night. Seemingly nobody knows except for David's men close to him that had warned him. Well, Bathsheba then sends a message to David and tells him that she's pregnant with his child. And David's response is disastrous. Think about this. He could have at that point confessed And oh, how that would have changed the whole course of the rest of his life. And lives would have been saved, had he but confessed and repented at this point. But he doesn't. Instead of confessing his sin, David does what so many of us do, and that's cover up the sin. I think of Proverbs 28, 13. A very good proverb, by the way. The one who conceals their sin, hides their sin, covers up their sin, they will not be blessed. They will not prosper. But the one who confesses and forsakes will find mercy. Oh, the mercy of God that awaited David's confessing and repenting and forsaking. But instead, he ties the hands of God's forgiveness with the ropes of his unrepentant heart. And boy, would he pay the price. It's doubtless that David couldn't even begin to imagine 
that his decision to cover this up would bring about such horrific consequences. Not only would the child born to them die, so too would Bathsheba's husband, Uriah the Hittite, not an Israelite, the Hittite. Then, and you'll forgive the graphic nature of this, this is why you know it's the Word of God. Only God could have inspired the infallible written Word that we have today. Because it's so honest, it's so true. Were it written by man, I assure you, man would never write this about himself. I mean, it's just brutally honest, and it's graphically detailed. One of his sons rapes his daughter. Another son murders that son. And then his son Absalom would rebel forming a coup to kill his own father, King David, and take the throne over Israel. Of course it doesn't succeed. But then he too would also die a brutal death. None of these people had to die. All of these people, it could be argued, died because David lied. I, sorry I said it that way, but that's the truth. Because he concealed his sin, he hid his sin, none of these people had to be met with their death. Well, be that as it may, David's cover-up plan A utterly and totally fails when Uriah doesn't do what he had hoped he would do. What did he hope he would do? Oh, he has Joab, his uh, military commander, send Uriah home. How cunning is this? Why does he want to bring Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, home from the battle? Oh, because he wants him to sleep with his wife so that he can say, oh, it's his child. Oh. It doesn't work. And what's interesting is, we're told not only that Uriah wouldn't sleep with her, we're also told why. And get the reason why we're told in the narrative that he would not sleep with his wife, as was his right to do, even with the blessing of the king. We're told that it's because he would not enjoy his wife while Israel was in battle. Really? Here's David not going to the battle, brings home Uriah from the battle, and he won't enjoy his wife because he can't, because Israel is in battle. Let that sink in. What's David going to do? You would think 
that at this point, he'd say, my sin has found me out. Surely this would be the time that this man, this man after God's own heart, this sweet psalmist of Israel, this king of Israel, would confess and repent, but he doesn't. You know what he does instead? He goes to plan B. You know what plan B is? Have Uriah come over and get him really, 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 really drunk, and then send him back home. His resolve will surely be weakened. There's a problem though. David has underestimated the commitment and the character of his faithful servant and loyal soldier who will not give in. I like how one commentator said it. David was drunk with lust and slept with Bathsheba, and he hoped making Uriah drunk with wine would do the same. But it didn't. You got to wonder how much the hand of God was all over this. You know, God has a way, and, and God takes no delight in exposing our sin. He's very gracious in bringing us to that place. And make no mistake about it, He gives us so many opportunities to repent. And in this case, David just blows through all of them. Well, sadly, it goes from bad to worse because when this plan fails, David has to come up with another plan. And if you can imagine, this is one of those <laughs> details that you almost don't want to know. It's that textbook case of too much information. I don't want to know this about David. And, and it's not, please never see this as God wanting us to know how bad David was. No, He wants us to know how good He is in spite of how bad David was. And what David does here is really bad. Get this. He pens a letter and seals it and gives it to Uriah to give to Joab, his military commander, when he gets back to the battlefield. You know what's on that letter? Explicit instructions from David to his military commander to put Uriah on the front lines of the battle, and in the heat of the battle to pull the men back to his certain death. Get this, if you can imagine, Uriah is carrying his death sentence with him unknowingly. And it works. 
Joab does exactly as David had instructed him to. Uriah is on the front line. In the heat of the battle, he pulls his men back, and Uriah is killed. Wow. I wonder what David's thinking right about now when he receives word that Uriah is dead. And it's so callous, it's so heartless, it's so merciless, it's it's emotionless. He says something, sends word back to Joab to the effect of, such are the casualties of war. Wow. I wonder if he thinks he must at this point that his plan has finally succeeded. Now he's muted the voice of Uriah, who alone could testify against him. You would think that he's going to go on his merry way, and he's gotten away with murder, literally, to cover up his sin of adultery. Isn't it interesting how that sin breeds sin? Isn't it interesting, and and tell me if you agree with this, that the more you sin, the more you sin. And such was the case with David here. And don't think for a second that the enemy is throwing a party. He has brought this king down. He has succeeded in David's fall. And he did it little by little, gradually, over a period of about 20 years. Let me explain what I mean by that. David didn't go from lust to adultery to deception to murder overnight. It took place over a period of many years. See, the seeds were sown. And the enemy is so patient, he just, he waits for that sown seed to germinate and sprout. And though it might take years, it will eventually bear a bitter fruit in the life of a Christian. Satan is very patient. Well, the narrative continues in telling us that David would almost be seen as a hero because after Uriah is killed in battle, that's as far as everybody's concerned, he was killed in battle, casualty of war. So he's now seen as a hero because he's going to marry this newly widowed Bathsheba. Wow, what a king. Well, fast forward nine months later. God, in His grace and mercy, and please see it as the grace and mercy of God, in sending Nathan the prophet to David. 
David loved Nathan. David was very close to Nathan. And God used Nathan as the vessel in David's life. Let me take it a step further and suggest that Nathan is a type of the Holy Spirit. And God in His grace and His mercy will send the greater than Nathan to us by way of the Holy Spirit to convict us, not condemn, convict us of our sin. And please know that at the time that, and God knows this, God's timing is perfect, God knows what nobody could know because God sees the heart and God knows that David is dying inside. He's drying up inside. And he knows that now is the time to send Nathan. And so he does. And we pick it up in 2 Samuel chapter 12. I want to read verses 1 through 9 and then verses 13 and 14. It says, Then the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished And it grew up together with him and his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom. And it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Really? Isn't it interesting how much worse our sin looks on somebody else? I'm sorry, I pointed over here. Already, I didn't mean that, but you know, no, but that's true. My, my, my sin looks a lot worse on you than it does on me, right? You, you feel my pain, right? We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study and will continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. 
Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.